0: Listen! Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast for the week of August 20th. This week we will be talking about the Indie World Showcase and our favorite Switch sleeper hits and a lot more. I'm your host, Casey DeFritis, and this week I'm joined by Zach Ryan.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: Janet Garcia. How's it going? And Pear Schneider.
2: Beware, I live.
0: And I know... If you're watching on YouTube, you cannot see our faces. Don't worry, this is not permanent. This is for today's show only. Everyone is preparing for Gamescom, so we are short-handed this week, but we will be back next week, hopefully, I think, I'm assuming, but know that after you're watching this Tune in next week for more big news when Gamescom, one of the biggest gaming events of the year, kicks off right here on IGN. It starts on August 27th for everything Gamescom has to offer, including exclusive world premieres, hands-on gameplay, cosplay, and one of IGN's editors being played by a robot. I don't actually know what that means, and I'm also not joking about it. But spread the hype by using the hashtag, hashtag Gamescom2020 on all of your favorite social platforms, and we'll see you on August 27th. And I assume a lot of us will be involved in some of that. So,
2: yeah, that's right. It's been a long road to Gamescom. Obviously, we would have all vastly preferred to fly to Cologne and have some delicious beer
1: <laughs> um, have to get and some... be on
2: site. But, you know, like the, uh, the, the remote robot may or may not be wearing a bow tie. So, I don't know. Oh, that's...
0: my gosh. Yeah. I'm excited now. I think I might know <laughs> what that means. It's going to be great. No, you don't want to usually... miss it
2: yeah usually nintendo usually takes a pretty active role in gamescom but it doesn't sound like they've got anything this year so don't get your hopes up from a first party perspective Mm -hmm. just putting that out there but you know obviously there are other developers that are making switch games so there'll be plenty of good stuff none that we care about on this show
0: Pear, before we kick off with the indie world showcase what's the best that we can all get here to pretend that we're in germany
2: in the u.s well if you go to a store like bevmo they usually carry reisdorf which is a really good one uh is one of the weaker ones i think and they have that one out here but i also really like uh some of the american Kirch like brews like uh calicoast or oh what was the one from san diego zach you you um you told me about that one uh red can Uh, oh man i can't
1: yeah i don't remember it um yeah i'll find it
2: it. yeah it was good um they're a bunch. Like, Coach is now becoming a, a more fashionable ale in the uh, uh, in, the, in Ballast the United Point. States. There what we go. That? Is that the one you're thinking of? Ballast Point? Wasn't it Karl Strauss or something? No, I forget. Who it oh. Was. oh, yeah. Karl yeah. Strauss. Karl yeah. Strauss. Yeah, that one's really good. It, mm-hmm. Actually, in okay. a blind test, I would have said that's a Coach. Okay. Uh-huh. You did not expect this long of an answer.
0: No, that's fine. Nintendo I appreciate it. Oh, I...
2: no. It was Mike Hess. Mike Hess. There you go. Mike Hess, Coach? Yeah is good too
0: okay no serious I'm seriously gonna go buy some this weekend so I can pretend for a little while okay. that I'm not here get,
2: get Mike Hess
0: <laughs> Mike Hess all right you've heard it from Pear if you want to pretend that you're in Gamescom Germany in game for Gamescom you can go get some Colch the ones that Pear's yeah. recommended but anyway
2: also, K- also KSA <laughs> we, we can keep going
0: oh yeah I, I do like KSA a lot actually yeah, but anyway let's talk about indie games as you all know or maybe know who knows if you're taking consideration what's going on in the news but on august 18th there was a surprise indie world showcase nintendo told us about it just the day before and we had an in-depth look at 14 games and a lot of them are out now um so i just wanted to because there are so many games to talk about i just really wanted to quickly run down the list of games that are out now and maybe get the opinions of our panel if they have played it. So the first game that's out now is Spiritfarer, and Tom reviewed it, he gave it a nine, and said Spiritfarer is a gorgeous mix of an action platformer and an Animal Crossing-style town manager that stands out as one of the most unique and enjoyable games I've played all year.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm really excited for this one, but I don't think any of us have played it quite
1: yet. uh justin davis friend of the show um has been playing this one since uh yesterday he actually said he sunk like quite a bit of time into it uh i gotta admit watching the the um direct this game didn't really do it for me i'm not huge into you know like sims uh, i guess like i i tried to do a lot of stardew valley and i played obviously a couple hundred hours of animal crossing but for the most part like it didn't this game didn't really strike me Justin says it's one of his favorite games this year. Wow. He says oh, that wow. it's like incredible and, you know, uh really really thoughtful and the writing is really good and and all of the actual sim stuff is really really deep from the jump. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. I think it it, you know, if it if Justin can give it his recommendation, then I'm I'm in.
3: So. Yeah, same, especially with like Tom is just notorious for really playing a lot of indie games specifically. So I'm really excited about this one. I've been into it for a while because it has that kind of cute clashed with uh, dark themes. And I really like that element of it. Um, Tom mm-hmm. also said it's surprisingly long. I think it's like around 14 plus hours oh, wow. to do the main campaign. So it's pretty meaty. Um, definitely, a, I think a good one to have on Switch for that reason. But if you do have Game Pass, it is also on Game Pass. So um, I know a lot of games came out that I was interested in checking out. So I was sort of weighing my options financially on where it made the most sense to get it. So for me, I'll probably start off on Game Pass and see if I end up getting the Switch version as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm actually, I even just watching the trailer for this one kind of made me choke up a little bit. So I, I'm assuming it's going to be very emotional. And um, for those of you who don't know, it's about taking spirits to the afterlife and all of the things involved with that on your own custom boat. It looks very cute. But moving on, there's another game that was announced and released yesterday called Takeshi and Hiroshi. And Janet and I played it. But it's a game where you play as designer, as a game designer named Takeshi, who's a middle schooler, and he's creating a game to entertain his little brother, who is like seven or eight or something like that. Um, Janet, you've only put you've only played a little bit, but what do you think so far?
3: I like it. I think if you end up not liking this game, it's simply because the just general genre isn't appealing to you. Uh, essentially, it's kind of a strategy game, but from the inverse. So instead of you kind of strategizing how to take down these sets of enemies, you are the brother who's placing the enemies in front of uh, your younger brother, Hiroshi, and trying to make sure that he has a good time without dying. So essentially you're monitoring a couple of meters and you have to do, I think you have five uh, turns each, or it's five rounds each level. Um, to survive slash enjoy. So you have like a happiness meter that you have to do, but like increasing the stress makes him have more fun. So you're sort of monitoring that alongside his HP. And uh, I only played like two levels, but it seems like you get kind of more and more uh, characters or enemies to put in. There's also like alongside that a general story of their relationship and who they are as people and who they are in relation to each other. Um, And it has like a really cute art style. It's kind of cool that it has two art styles in the sense that there's the claymation of the general narrative, but then there's also the art style of the game that, uh, Takashi designed, which I think the game's called monster something monster. Oh. monster. I don't remember wow. what the game is called, but uh, I actually I, forgot what it was called too. And I beat it's it a little bit night. of a generic of a name, <laughs> but Hey, it's his, you're talking he's a middle you're talking school about, like, designer, the game, the game, the game yeah, that the he's game designing. Game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I was into it. It felt very relaxing. Uh, and it was a fun twist on, what that genre normally does to me
0: yeah i I really enjoyed it i It was very short it was I think it took me maybe two or three hours to be it could take you a lot less time. Um, the first few levels were quite easy, and then the last couple became a little bit more difficult because though you have more and more enemies to choose from to throw at your little brother, they appear randomly, so you only okay. have a, a random Kind of collection to choose from, so you can't rely on the same combo every single time. And the order in which you throw out the enemies affects how easy or hard it is. For example, if you throw out a really defensive enemy first, it'll take him more turns to defeat that enemy before getting onto the next. So if you put on really, if you put in enemies that do really strong attacks behind the defensive enemy, it'll become more difficult. Um, Versus if you swap that. So there's a lot of different things to play with. And I thought it was really interesting. And I was especially drawn to this game because I immediately made me think of uh, DMing or uh, Dungeon Mastering. Uh I've never said that out loud. Dungeon Mastering for Dungeons and Dragons. And I actually just first, I just started DMing for my first time within the, the last couple of weeks. And this game, it tries to make you do exactly what you're trying to do as a Dungeon Master. You're trying to put out something that is really difficult where your players will get out by the skin of their teeth so they feel really accomplished by the time that they beat it and Mm -hmm. that's this is kind of like that um it's not it wasn't as emotional as the story as i expected it to be so if you are avoiding it because you don't want to cry like don't worry about it it's i don't think it'll make you cry um (laughs) especially me i'm very sensitive when playing games um but overall i thought it was really enjoyable and it was only eight dollars and i think it's worth it and i i Especially, just disclaimer, I was also drawn to it because I saw that you didn't have to press very many buttons and I'm still kind of having an issue with that. So not a lot of buttons to press, a lot of downtime and still plenty of strategy to keep things interesting. I wish it was longer and I wish the story was deeper, but for a short game with a really unique art style, I thought it was cool.
3: What's up, Janet? Um, another thing, too, just to add on, uh, it's also on Apple Arcade. So if you have Apple Arcade, you can play mm-hmm. it. Even if you decide to get it on Switch, if you want to, like, test the waters, you could always just boot up Apple Arcade and, and try it there as well.
0: And another game out this week is Raji and Ancient Epic. And Zach, mm-hmm. what do you think?
1: Um, I haven't had an opportunity to play Raji in Ancient, an Ancient Epic yet, but I thought it was super cool looking. Um... I, I just think that it's really interesting and like really awesome that this is a game from an Indian development team about Indian mythology and Hindu mythology. Like I, that's awesome. It's not something that you get to see a lot of. And I thought that it was, um, it's was just super interesting. And yeah. I'm really stoked to get to play it because it, it's, it's looks kind of like a Zelda E platformer, which, uh, you know, obviously like that's mm-hmm. my genre, like in those two, uh, the meetings of the those two roads i think is is really interesting but like yeah i'm really stoked to play this game uh and it looks like gorgeous and everything that i've heard says that it is really cool so
2: yeah it, it kind of looks like a dark cidery soul reverie type of game the the yeah. art style and the visuals are really cool um i actually i have it downloaded it just finished downloading downloading a couple minutes ago so i'm going to play it tonight but um that was definitely the one out of the entire presentation that spoke out Uh, and and stuck out for me, just because it it looks so different, and um, yeah, it looks really neat. Yeah, Yeah, for me I I was...
3: um... Oh, go ahead, Kissy.
0: No, you go ahead, Janet.
3: Um, I was also drawn to the concept, but like one of the first things I tweeted out was, this looks cool, but I'm not sure about the gameplay. Uh, I'm very early into this game, I've only really played past the tutorial section, um, but yeah, I, I still feel kind of the same as my first impression of just seeing it. Uh, the gameplay's fine. I think it's like a solid game so far, it's very decent but um, I feel like I can make more of a case for why it's not that good than it being good which is a little bit unfortunate at this point. Um, I I think my biggest beef with it so far is that um, the controls aren't quite as tight as I'd like them to be. It does have that kind of zoomed out perspective and so far there aren't a lot of enemies on screen. I am worried about the more chaotic it gets how those slightly looser controls will translate to impeding the gameplay potentially. So yeah, that's kind of my main beef with it right now. I do like the art style a lot. Um, I like the combos as well. There's like, I'm still in that early phase, but there's a lot of different like combinations they teach you and ways that you can use your staff that kind of wields these sort of magical such physical abilities. Uh, I think another... uh thing that this game is kind of working against is the opening is very story heavy. Uh, and the story is sort of told in these kind of vignette like pictures that are slightly animated. It's kind of doing that thing that Wind Waker did at the beginning, but it doesn't do it as Mm -hmm. well. And I think because the mythology may be less familiar for people that maybe have, you know, for me, I have an American background and I know a lot about like Christian mythology, but not as much about Hinduism. I think that also adds to it in that kind of gap. Um, though, that being said, I don't think that's like why it's not clear. I think it's just not as effectively told as it could be. Uh, they are doing some interesting things with like the world building though, where you can kind of stop at these like murals or statues and sort of like press a button and get more information. But so far story's a little bit rough. Gameplays, I wish it was tighter. Uh, We'll see how it develops and if it gets like a little bit better as it progresses. Uh, And then one last thing I noticed is that I'm not a big fan of of the sound choices. The music and the soundtrack is very loud and the uh, sound effects or sound design is like pretty quiet and pretty limited. Like the only sound effects I've heard so far have been in like the use of the staff and a little bit of like jumping and moving. I would have liked some more ambient stuff going on to sort of fill up that space um so that, those are my quick impressions with just the the small bit of time i played which was maybe like 30 minutes plus or so still in that early they don't let you section.
1: uh they don't let you get in there and and uh, adjust a slider or something for music versus effects oh, you can. versus vo
3: you can but the the problem to me is like in how it was made like i think that there's not at least in the opening area, there's not a lot of sound design elements. Like there's only like a few of them and that they're not as pronounced. So sure you can tweak it to make it a little bit more balanced, but I just feel like all I really get is the music. Even when I, like I tweaked the music all the way down to like bring out the sound to see what was going on. Uh, I'm also just becoming hyper aware of this because my brother does sound design. So I'm like, suddenly I have that switch in my mind. I don't think a lot of people would notice that but it is something that I picked up on uh, in my uh, brief time with it. So we'll see, but I'm not in love with it yet.
0: I'm
1: yeah. sure I'm just going to say yeah. yeah
0: yeah I'm sure we'll talk more about it when more of us have played it next mm-hmm. week as well but thank you for that summary Janet and next out this week is a short hike I know that we're we're talking about games around Indie Showcase but this is also serving as our games out this week because most of the the games out this week that are on our radars so were also on this list so also out this week is a short hike And I know, Janet, you've played this one as well. It was acclaimed on PC, and it's about hiking in the woods. And it looks really cute.
3: Yeah, this game is fantastic. I'm really like kicking myself for not playing it last year when it came out. Um, It's one of the best games I've played in a really long time. Uh, I went into it knowing very little. Um, I I do want to talk about it right now, but I kind of liked going in not knowing a lot. So I'm going to try to find that balance for you guys. So essentially you're trying to get to the top of this kind of mountain hill area. You're going on a short hike, but Hey, the hike actually isn't that short. And essentially what you're doing is you need to get like, you find out you need to get these golden feathers to be able to kind of increase your stamina and make it to the top of that hill. But what I really loved about this game is one, the writing is fantastic. Art design is, is pretty striking. Anyone that's looked at the trailers or screenshots, that's, you know, what that game looks like. And what I really loved is that there's a lot of, Secret things and and interesting people to talk to. So when you're on your way like up that hill, you'll notice. Okay, well, I need more feathers. How can I get the feathers? You can find them in the wild, but you can also buy them. So then it becomes okay. How can I get more money? And it's sort of yes, I, it's it's so good. Short hike is so good. Um, so you end up kind of it, it does a, it does a great job of leading you from one thing to the next in a way that feels natural yet exciting to you as a player where you're like oh I'm getting it these things are clicking I'm connecting the dots so um, like a small example would be there was a case where you talk to someone that has like a little shovel or, or either a small or big shovel. And they're like, oh, well, I'll give you my shovel if you find me like a toy shovel. So now you're like, okay, I'm gonna find that. There's a bunch of other deep systems in here. You can go fishing in this game and sell the fish for some money. Like there's a treasure map at one point. It gets really wild. And um, there's also a really intriguing story underneath all of it because, um, and this isn't really spoilers cause it's the first like minute or two of the game. You are trying the reason you're trying to get to the top of the hill or mountain is to get cell phone reception. Because you're waiting on a call. So in the back of your mind, you're like, what's with this call? Like, what's going to happen? And I really love that yeah. mystery there, too. Um, it's great. so wholesome. It's so surprising. And it controls, like, extremely well, considering sort of what how basic the mechanics are. Um, I played this on PC. So I think with the controller, it would be even smoother. It's just a fantastic game. Like, I, I think it took me, like, maybe three hours to go all the way through it. And I still didn't find all the secrets. Like. It's one of my favorites. Even if this isn't your genre, I still recommend it because that—that's just how good it is. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah, so yeah, I've I, I this... saw. I saw the graphics. So I was like, it, it takes this kind of PSX style, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. 3D, but super pixelated, which I thought was really interesting. We haven't seen that sort of style very often. Um, I, I just you sold me on it. I just downloaded <laughs> yeah. it. This this show is getting expensive.
3: Yeah. I... Oh yeah, I dropped fifty dollars. <laughs> like it <No>. was awful. <laughs>
2: It's only seven bucks right now. It's uh ten yeah, percent. Okay.
0: okay. I can do that. I can do the seven dollars.
2: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Zach. You were I cut you off, man. Uh
1: yeah, I was just gonna say that a short hike is one of those games that has been recommended to me by like so many different people. Yeah. Um and as a person that you know doesn't I don't play games on PC, I'm so excited to have it on the Switch because it is like like Janet, like you were saying, like it's one of those games that like my friends who are into uh uh Games like uh, Dota and League, they've recommended it. My friends who are into like Zelda and Mario, they've recommended it. Like it's come from so many different people that have such different tastes that it does kind of seem like that uh, sort of universal appeal. It like the way that it's been not necessarily described to me, but the way that it's been recommended to me reminds me of like when Journey came out and everybody was talking about Journey, just because it's like one of those those games that like everyone that has played it has been like, yeah, this game is amazing. Like this game is really really great and should be experienced. So I'm stoked to play it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm going to play it too. We'll all play it and come back and talk about our experience with Short Hike next week as well. But also announced yesterday for the release on the Switch, which also came out yesterday, is Manifold Garden, which is a first-person puzzle game with really weird optical illusion puzzles. And Zach, you said you can talk about this one?
1: Yeah, so Manifold Garden is a really cool, like, MC Escher inspired uh, uh, puzzle game. And uh, Justin, again, Justin Davis, just really great-tasting games. Um, but Justin got in on uh, – he's obviously like a big-time mobile gamer, and he got in on this game when it came to Apple Arcade and played it with a controller um, and uh, on on his TV, and he said it was just like such a crazy, mind-blowing experience from top to bottom. Um, so I'm like really, really intrigued by this. I'm really interested in um, playing a puzzle game that is that d- looks so daunting as like a yeah. puzzler and also is just like – such a mind bending thing to kind of look at um so yeah i'm i'm stoked cool.
0: i i was also looking at that one but the but Takeshi and Hiroshi's cheaper price lured me in but Maybe I'll check this one out soon as well. And also out this week is Evergate, which is a four-year passion project for Stone Lantern Games, and it looks like a lot like Ori with additional platforming mechanics. And very Janet, similar. Yeah, it does. It really does. Like it, yeah. that's the immediately the first thing that yeah. kind of stood out to me. But Janet, you were able to play it a little bit. Zach, and compare. Have you played it yet?
2: I started it. Thoughts and. I am. I'm minutes in before we had to start oh. actually recording oh, okay. the show. You might not have played like that. Okay. No, and I and I said, "Wow, this looks exactly like Ori." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. See, mm-hmm. I
3: feel like it doesn't. I, okay, I get the comparison, and it's the first thing I know visually because yeah, because of especially the character being a small, cute, white little creature like that just feels like Ori at this point. Um, I actually will push the back a little high. bit on the on the. Yeah, but I push back a little bit on the visuals. I think they're both very beautiful looking games, but I think what is aesthetically different in Evergate is that it's a lot more dreamy than Ori. Ori is like kind of a prettier looking Metroidvania aesthetic, where it's very cavernous, underground, darks and purples. Um, Evergate is a lot more dynamic in how the different levels look. I've only gotten a few levels into it or a few areas into it. Um, And I think the gameplay is actually quite different. Uh, With Ori, I mean, it has, I think, in a way, how you propel your character is reminiscent of Ori. But I don't don't feel like, oh, you don't need this because you already played Ori. Like, I love the first uh, Ori game. I'm starting the second. I think this totally stands alone as its own thing because where this really distinguishes itself is it leans so far a lot heavier on the puzzle part than the platformer part. You are still traversing. You do need to be skilled in that, but really what you're doing is you're sort of chaining together these like projectiles that you can do um, in order to get the, I forgot the name of the collectible item in in the levels. Um, Or reach the end of the gate. So you can just get to the gate and be done. And that's fairly easy. But if you're someone who wants to challenge themselves, you have to look at you have kind of like these different gems or areas that you can um, like throw yourself off of essentially or launch yourself off of. And you have to strategize, okay, I'm going to use this one, the the first one, then the third one, then I'm going to swing back and you have to make sure that you do that in the correct order. Um, or else, you can just like hold X and kind of restart your run of that section. It's also very like individually screen-based. So if you think of a game like Celeste or The End is Nigh, how you are really just trying to get from one screen to the other. Um, so far, at least in those early areas, Evergate's somewhat similar because getting from point A to point B is a is a pretty short trek. But in order to get there and get the things it's along so nice. the way, it's it's a short trek instead of a short hike. Um, it's a short trek. But if you want to challenge yourself and do that extra stuff, there's something there for you to dig into. Like I played one, of, the, I put up a, a clip on my Twitter of me playing the game and it looks pretty simple from the clip, but it took me a long time to figure out how to chain those in the right order to get there. So I do think it offers something different. Um, I, I'm enjoying it a lot so far, but I am still very early. And yeah, the the art's uh, gorgeous. I, do, I just do think it's different than Ori. I, I kind of feel bad that a lot of people are looking at this like, Oh, this is just like an a boot like Ori game. I think it I think it distinguishes itself in a number of ways and that it stands on its own, especially if you are a fan of like platformers, you kind of can never get enough cuz that genre's not as big as it used to be. So, I'm excited about it, enjoying it so far. We'll see what I think once I get further into it.
0: Cool. Yeah, it looks like a a game that a lot of people would be interested in. So those were all of the games that are out now that were featured on the Indie World Showcase, and that included Spiritfarer, Takeshi and Hiroshi, Raji, An Ancient Epic, A Short Hike, Manifold, Garden, and Evergate. But there were a ton of other games featured in that presentation as well, including a bunch of games that were previously on PC that will be coming out later this year or possibly next year. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire list because you can go and find that list on IGN.com, but I did want to spend some time talking about a few games that we are especially passionate about. And one of those is Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero. And this got a 9.1 in 2018. And Pear, you said you wanted to discuss Subnautica?
2: Yeah. Subnautica is is cool. I, I, you know, sometimes steam games arrive a little late on, uh, on the switch and, and, are under the radar and i hope that doesn't happen to subnautica it's a really cool take on the survival game genre in that it is entirely played on at the bottom of the ocean basically so you're (laughs) underwater and you're building habitats and you're exploring and you're trying to figure out how to survive and there are all these sea creatures around you that you have to deal with and you know you can you can take on some of the smaller ones but they're these giant things that you basically have to avoid and you have to you have to put your submarine on stealth in order to sneak by them and it's got this really kind of immersive, eerie feel to it. Um I think it's a really really unique game on the Switch. I hope the port is good. I haven't I haven't seen it running yet, but um it's such a such a great uh such a great game. Um I think if you look at the, the Steam rating, it's like a ten. Like it's one of the best received games on Steam in the last two years. Oh, wow. So I definitely one really to cool. watch out for. It.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot about Subnautica, and it, I I I just keep coming across games that I should play, and I just haven't done it yet.
2: <laughs> it's creepy if you're into that sort of like underwater exploration feel with a little bit of danger. It's it's really eerie. It's like you just never know what's behind, you know, what what's lurking in the dark. And there's some there's some stuff lurking.
0: And I actually wanted to jump over to what was shown in the highlight reel before we discuss the big announcement from this. Presentation and okay. in the highlight wheel, highlight wheel, gosh! In the highlight reel, we saw Grindstone, which has been talked about a lot, which yeah. is originally on Apple Arcade, <laughs> and it is coming out in autumn twenty twenty, so sometime soon. But I've never played Grindstone. Oh god, it looks uh, cute. Allow me,
1: allow yeah. me to just say that Grindstone is one of the best puzzle games, it's probably so ever made. good. That game
2: kicks ass. It's so good. I could not stop playing. It was on. It was part of Apple Arcade um and uh it, it's the within minutes you're into it it's a simple kind of touch and connect game where you use the touchscreen of your phone to basically connect the different enemies and you know you have to uh, connect alike uh, enemies in order to get rid of them and they basically get destroyed by your like burly caveman dude um, right. It's just so clever the way it evolves and like enemies, more uh, stronger enemies appear that you can only take out certain ways that have higher hit hit uh, point amounts. And they're like these uh, little challenges and how fast or what way you have to beat a level. It's so creative, it keeps getting more and more difficult as you progress and the more and more clever too. It's also like
1: a really interesting take on a puzzle game that has like so many different layers of customization that you can that you can really apply like you can equip different items to your little caveman guy that like you know a shield uh, that allows you to take a hit without taking damage or an arrow that allows you to kill a target across the all the way across the map that you can then use to like chain a bunch of different attacks like it it's such a smart puzzle game and honestly like janet you were talking about sound design earlier it's got one of the most satisfying sound yep. designs i think i've ever had like experience in a game there's like, the way there's... that the sound that it makes as you like like cut through those enemies it's just like that that like splatter Slam. and cut sound is so good it's so satisfying i love Grand i love Star, how I, I love like how when it the enemies
2: get after a while the enemies get irritated they get like angrier and angrier and like the sound like Mm -hmm. the sound gets more and more angry as they're just like waiting for you to attack it's really good
3: yeah there's like like, some really smart telegraphing in that um it's it's just so accessible and easy to pick up and impossible to put down it's just like one of the best puzzle games i've ever played it's just so fantastic it's also worth noting that you know i was looking at our uh best puzzle games of 2019 uh list that we had put out like our for our awards and both manifold garden and grindstone are on that list as nominees so and so you know uh goose game one which i feel like grind i I feel i like grindstone more than goose game personally but i think it's really if you're into puzzle games like there's a lot of things to be excited about from this direct specifically
2: Mm -hmm. i i'm curious to see how it controls with the controller because obviously it was designed for touchscreen which works in handheld mode we'll see how it works with the controller yeah, I yeah, wonder how I, that
3: integration will be on, on Switch.
1: I was looking for, like, button prompts on the the UI during that presentation where, you know, you can see the equipable items and you can see uh, a, a, a bunch of the different action items and stuff, but, like, none of them had, like, a little B button next to it or something. So, like, I, I'm kind of curious as to how they, they pull that off as well. If you can map yep. different abilities or different items to buttons or, like, if it's all touchscreen, I, surely they wouldn't do that. But, yeah.
2: Yeah. We'll see. Um, it'll, it'll be if it if it is not not ruined by its controls. It's definitely going to be a must-have when that comes out. Yeah.
0: I also just wanted to briefly me- mention she dreams elsewhere uh, because it people are saying it was inspired by Earthbound, so I thought that might be mm-hmm. of interest for people. And I also wanted to mention the Red Lantern, which we originally saw revealed during an indie showcase Last during year. GDC in 2019. So March of last year and it's finally coming out this year and it's about um seems like a you're a musher in alaska Mm -hmm. is that's the word right musher when you're on a sled pulled by dogs and you get to pet the dog but there's also a creepy mystery and it just looks interesting Mm -hmm. and i want to play it
1: yeah that game looks very cool we Mm -hmm. have a really great interview with a bunch of uh indie devs from the nindy showcase at the last gdc and we sat down and talked with uh uh i think believe she was the lead uh designer for uh that game and very cool interview uh super cool looking game
0: well cool, thanks i'll have to check that out because i think i totally missed that piece of content hey, you're welcome yeah you're
1: welcome
2: Casey. and
0: uh, last but definitely not least uh untitled goose game is getting an update that will allow you to play co-op on september 23rd and it is a free update coming for everyone who has the game and i am super excited about that because i actually never finished Goose game but i will definitely finish it in co-op
2: <laughs> the goose remains on the, loose. I, on the loose i you didn't finish it it's so it's kind of it's short mm-hmm. um that was my one complaint. i love wow. i love that game. what didn't you didn't finish it <laughs>
1: not well, a pro gamer
2: like pear how problem? can you know yeah I, I, i'm because it is so short no i yeah. really i really enjoyed that game uh i i'm glad i beat it because it uh, it does have a moment at the end it's just like the story is so perfectly told from the beginning to the end It you you should finish it casey it okay. is really funny um i i love that game i think it's really good um It is uh is very simple but rarely do do you get a game where you you immerse yourself to this point where you start acting the way that the world expects the character to act you know like you're just being a jerk as that goose (laughs) like that poor kid who loses his glasses you just honk at him to just because because you're mean um i wonder like i don't know if i'm gonna have if i feel compelled though to replay the entire quest with a second player, if it's not changed, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I feel like uh, it'd be fun to play it again if the person you're playing with has never played it.
2: True. Yeah. So then, I think that then, would be something yeah.
3: worth revisiting. Um, I actually wasn't a big fan of Untitled Goose Game. I know mm-hmm. it's like such a sin, but I, love it. I personally Tonk. found that it was yes, honk. <laughs> Just drop some honks in the Facebook comments, I guess, because it's audio only. But um, at me on Twitter with your hawks of, of disapproval, <laughs> but my my beef with it was um, it is a little bit like it's intentionally loose in its controls a little bit just because Lucy-goose. it's like loosey goosey, you as some would say, as I was avoiding saying. Um, no. you're what welcome. I like about <laughs> what I like about this update is I feel like <laughs> if you're like me and you were lukewarm on it, it it kind of fixes that because you'll have more another player on screen helping you so there were times when like you have to you know do these little distractions to accomplish your tasks and continue in the game and sometimes I knew exactly what I wanted to do but it was just difficult to execute and personally my marker of an enjoyable puzzle game is when the it is easy to execute your ideas like it can be hard to come up with the idea or figure out the solution but actually doing it shouldn't be Super challenging in most regards. There are some exceptions, like maybe Portal to a degree. But even then, I never felt like I was like, I couldn't, didn't, I wasn't able to execute it if I just put the stuff in the right spots. Um, So that was my Beef with Goose game. And I think adding another player fixes that. I also think it uh, really plays up something that a lot of people did when the game first came out, which was one of the fun things was watching someone else play it and kind of enjoying that chaos. And here you get to do that in, in real time in the game alongside someone. So I think this kind of either adds to what people already liked or also fi- fixes quote unquote some things that people may not have been as fond of
0: yeah uh i i'm kind of glad i didn't beat it because now i get to look at it totally new with a partner and i think i'll have more fun with it like that not that i didn't yeah. have fun with it before but i guess i mean if i was more into it i probably would have finished it right and it said i only played for like 30 minutes and then was like oh that was cute and i had a lot of fun and then i put it down and never picked it that's back right
3: up jump on this goose game <laughs> but, patreon
0: no i'm not hating it i i do that with a lot of games even if i really like it and i'll get to one of those wow casey um, hates a lot of games heard it here <laughs> first. no
2: not enough i'm <laughs> not, not enough cards i'm gonna tweet
1: all my honks i'm gonna tweet all my honks and no. janet yeah casey enough dragons. you're okay for the time being
0: <laughs> goose are kind of like dragons no um I also completely forgot to mention um about the game, um, Takeshi and Hiroshi, there's a portion there's a point in the game where you play a minigame that involves zombies and just PSA. Wow, spoilers. You do not need to beat that minigame. You can exit out with minus at any time and continue the game. You do not have to beat it. It's a hard game. I couldn't do it. I just like bashed my head against it like repeatedly and I could not beat that game. I got like Halfway through, and when you guys play it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I also had a really good time playing it and laughed a ton. So, anyway, good I luck love, on that zombie. I love how this time. turned into the IGN
2: <laughs> Wikis podcast again.
3: It's always the IGN Wikis podcast.
0: <laughs> it's a good tip, man. I was like very frustrated. It's like I can't beat it. I can't believe they expect me to beat this game right now. <laughs> it's so it. different from the rest of the game. They Think don't expect Sikashi you to beat doesn't it.
3: Doesn't tell you.
2: <laughs> it's minus.
0: You don't have to beat the zombie game. <laughs> but um anyway we just talked about very extensively the indie world showcase which took place on august 18th including a bunch of our hands-on impressions for a bunch of games and things that we are looking forward to but on that note i wanted to talk about our personal switch sleeper hits because i feel like a lot of them could potentially come from presentations like these that we otherwise wouldn't have known about or there might be some other games that you just picked up on a whim and really liked. So what are games that you didn't think would click with you and weren't on your radar, but ended up being a favorite? Um, Pear, why don't we start with you?
2: Ah, um, well, Return of the Ob- Obra I talked about this a bunch in, in past episodes. Um, catch up on that um, if you want to go in depth. But it was a game that Tom really loved, um, recommended on PC when it first came out. I ignored it. Um, and then I ignored it when it came to Switch. Finally, you know, he convinced me to play it. And it's one of my favorite games on the system. It's this this mystery adventure puzzle detective story of trying to figure out what killed all these people on this uh, on this old ship. And it's just really, it's creepy. It's awesome. It's really cool. Some other games, Dandy Dungeon is this really fun, fast-paced puzzle game that I didn't think I would like because it looks so simple. It's like this this single-screen puzzle game. And it just... The sense of humor is so great that i wanted to keep on going uh and then honestly some of the more high more high profile games i was never really into donkey kong country like that's a series where i always preferred the feel of the mario games i always thought the old rare dkc games were too heavy and so when retro remade them i played i played and enjoyed them but i never really got that excited about them i recently broke out um tropical freeze again i actually because I switched switches, Um, you know, I had multiple ones, I had to uh, retrieve my old save file and and put it in the cloud. And then I started playing again. And that game is just really good, man. It's just awesome.
0: And I guess, Janet, your list keeps getting longer. What are you doing? But (laughs) yes, you can go from here.
3: (laughs) I will, I will be brief. I only added because so I opened with the direct question, which was games that you like. Well, I guess I didn't read the second half, is essentially, I did not do my assignment correctly. So there were games (laughs) that I wasn't expecting to like that are more high profile that I did like. I'll go through those pretty briefly. Mario & Rabbids, we've talked about that a lot on the show, but I I always like driving home that it is not my genre at all. I have never played a game of that genre. I found it very fun, very easy to pick up, uh, really entertaining, super charming. It was just fantastic. And I kind of knew that going in because everyone's like, this game's awesome. You may not want to play it, but trust me. And they were right. If you need anyone else to tell you that, this is me saying go play that game. It's awesome. Uh, Streets yep. of Rage Four was a lot more fun than I think I thought it than I thought it might be. I like beat 'em ups, but I wasn't expecting it to really click. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it as much as people that are like like having it on their best games of the year list. But if you like beat 'em ups, it's an enjoyable time and it has more dimension than others. Uh, Pit Cross, obviously, pairs always talk about Pit Cross, so I I tried it out. I feel like it has enough there where even if you sh- I think it I think it has some of the best tutorialization of like a straightforward puzzler um than yep. others of its kind. So that's what I really like about Picross. Yoshi's Crafted World, I think that gets dragged way too much. It is not <laughs> as good as, as Wooly World, but I do think it's fun and it gets a lot more um intriguing the further you go i do know that's a point against it that you kind of got to get halfway through to start have it start picking up but um it's it's really fun I really think that charming. that's
1: every yoshi game though you <laughs> know i feel like all the best stuff in i like all the best stuff in yoshi games is always in the back half or like the stuff that you unlock at the very end like those those like the additional levels at the end of woolly world are like so challenging and so oh fun. yeah like, i really like
3: that yeah. i would love like if they just made the same thing with crafted uh world i would love if they just made like a hardcore version of just Yoshi where like the levels are just brutal. Um, I do think like Yoshi's Island is good the whole way through. Like that game's just good. Um, Mm -hmm. And then on a whim, just quick shout outs. uh, I play a lot of random indie games on the switch because there is nothing like, you know, it's Friday night, you're cracking open a beverage and you just hit low to high on the eShop and see where it takes you. Like I do that constantly (laughs) and I find a lot of really great games that way. So just really fast shout outs, Graceful Explosion Machine, which is a shmup, but it's a lot more, it, it's not patterny, so it's a lot easier to me than a traditional shoot 'em up. up um, Shoe, which is a platformer, kind of basic, but if you really like platformers, I think it's a cute one. Uh, Super One More Jump, it's a really grueling pat- platformer, I have not beaten it because it is just... <laughs> that hard Uh, and it has co-op which is really fun Uh, it does a lot of intriguing things with timing and colors uh, and it's a one button game you just need a because it auto goes for the rest of it Um, but it's it just look it up if you're a a platformer fan and see if you're interested Uh, the big journey it's basically like loco roco except you're a giant cat that looks like a circle Um, it's not as layered as loco roco but it's very 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 similar and it's pretty fun Uh, not not is a game that's constantly like a couple cents and it's just like a party game where you have to like move on a square it's very odd looking but very fun and an easy thing to have for when you have people over uh hashtag battle is breakout but with breakfast foods so it's like i think i've talked about this before you're like a giant pancake and stuff and you're basically playing like if you don't know what breakout is it's like pong but there's no other player you're just kind of destroying those blocks uh it hasn't one of the best soundtracks i've ever heard of any game it's like this kind of intense dance music. It's very like pink and bubbly and fun. It's, it's very unique and super awesome. Uh, and then there's uh, this game called Astro Bear's Party. It's also like a multiplayer game where you're a bear going around like a small planet. And the goal is not to touch the line that you leave behind you. So you can have multiple players and you're just, you're you're one, trying to avoid their line, but two, trying to make your line so hard to avoid. That they hit it so you're kind of doing a little bit of like trying to survive while also trying to screw the other person over but not accidentally run into the thing you made um i probably have a bunch of others that i can name just because i think the switch is just you know a great place for indies how and how is that possible how?
1: <laughs> you've already named every game
3: Yeah, i have so many <laughs> i also play a lot of bad games though with all these games i named there's so many that were just, oh, oh, it was $2, but I want the $2 back. You know, you kind of have to trust through the weeds a bit, but yeah, I, I love just being able to look through all the stuff in the eShop. There's so much good stuff out there. Uh-oh.
0: So Zach, tell us about your personal Switch sleeper hits.
1: Uh, yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh shit. Okay, good. Oh, all no, for for a minute, a delayed, so maybe all. it's my internet. Um, Mm. yeah um well it it's it's funny because like when i originally saw this question you know like what what games that you didn't think would resonate with you that ended up like really resonating with you um the first game that i thought about was fire emblem three houses um after like after like a nearly a year of me being like i don't care about fire emblem i'm not gonna play it and then i played it and it was like my favorite game of last year but that's not necessarily what i would consider a sleeper hit so strike that from the record um I think that, that, uh, the first, the second one, I guess that jumped out to me was battle chef brigade. Um, battle chef brigade is like a really cool hybrid of a match three puzzle game and a platformer. And it's got this like fun little like anime kind of uh, story to it where you're like, uh, you're in a cooking competition, a la iron chef, and you're given these ingredients and, and in order to cook them correctly, like you've got to do all these match three puzzle solves. And then, um, in between the puzzle solving, you go out and do a bunch of platforming and combat uh, to like harvest different ingredients for your cooking. So like the systems feed into each other really well. It's a it's a really fun little game. And then also uh, they added after the game was released, they added like daily challenges and stuff. So like any good puzzle game, you can go back in and try a bunch of daily challenges and things like that. Um, and then the other one, the other one that I really loved um, that actually got quite a bit of attention the year that it came out um, was Yoku's Island Express. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That is a game that uh, that is a game that on paper, like as a as a elevator pitch, sounds so stupid. It's like, what if you made a Metroidvania, but it's a pinball game where you play as a bug? And like, just to hear that sounds like an insane rambling. But that game is great and a really really smart Metroidvania that um, really took our office by storm. Like a lot of people in our office ended up really loving Yoku's Island um and yeah that's a game that that i've come back to a couple of times since it came out um not not that i've played through it multiple times but i've just like i've just started a new file to just kind of go through things see how fast i could get through places you know things like that like such a fun little game really love those two
3: i also feel like that one's a weird one in that i feel like you don't really need to like metroidvania's pinball or platforming to like no. it which sounds yeah you're bizarre. totally right yeah it's just like mm-hmm. a cute little adventure that's fairly straightforward and I think the you know once again bringing back the sound like the little chimes like it's a very whimsical experience to play through that game
1: yeah and I would also be remiss if I didn't uh, take every opportunity on NVC as has been the tradition since 2017 to uh, take a moment to plug SteamWorld Dig 2 potentially <laughs> one of the best platformers of all time
0: okay and um, I'm sure you guys already know what I'm gonna say but Slave Spire if you say Slade Spire uh... ah! <laughs> but okay look i the only very quickly i won't go into why i like it you've heard a million times but the only reason i played slay the spire was because tom had an extra code and i had a free night and now it is very easily one of my top 10 games (laughs) it's now one of my top 10 games of all time and i still think about it and still play it all the time even though i put so many hours into it but i also wanted to mention reigns kings and queens which uh Mm -hmm. the people who developed Mm -hmm. this game are actually developing Card Shark, which was shown in oh, the Indie Showcase. Okay. And I, it was just, I don't know, I didn't, it was just a little game that I didn't think would be that interesting, but I just got really sucked into it and really enjoyed it. Um, man, I'm trying to describe how you even play this game, but it is a strategy game in which you are having to make decisions to manage resources, and you're trying to survive and not be killed by your um, subjects. (laughs) But there's also an overarching mystery and a whole bunch of other things behind that very simple um, kind of premise. And I found it really enjoyable. And it's one of those games that you play repeatedly. And as you play repeatedly, you know more and more and more. So you're able to make better and better decisions and unlock different routes. And I thought it was very interesting. And um, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is not a small game, but I didn't think that much about it um but i did start playing it and i haven't talked about it that much on mvc because one by the time i got the game it was like two weeks after it had come out so we weren't really talking about it on mvc anymore and also because of that i only played it for about 10 hours but i really really loved what i played and i can't wait to get back into it once i can and it's one of those games that has just been sitting there it's like man when i can play games again i want to get back into dragon quest builders too uh, so, yeah, those were our, our personal Switch sleeper hits. Maybe you learned about some games that you didn't know about that maybe you are interested in. Mm-hmm. But with that, let's move on to some more news where we talk about more news, not to be confused with news games and more.
1: More news where um, <laughs> we talk about some more news.
0: Yeah, exactly. That That is newsy. But um, for those of you who don't know, uh, five years ago, Nintendo actually ceased sales in Brazil because of their... exorbitant taxes. Um, But the Nintendo Switch is finally coming to Brazil. And we know that because Nintendo of America tweeted on August 19th that the Nintendo Switch will be coming to Brazil soon. So now Brazilians will no longer have to import Nintendo products at really, really high prices. So really good news. Yay. Yay, Brazil. You get to play games again without paying a bunch of money. So just something... Very quickly go over. And also, I wanted to mention that Retro Studios has tweeted they are in need of a lead producer for Metro Prime 4. And I saw a lot of discussion about what that could mean. So I figured I would toss that to Per and Zach. I know you guys were talking about that in the NBC Slack.
1: Well, I think, like... (laughs) I think Pear really summed it up the best in that in that conversation. He just said, like, I hope they're looking for a lead producer <laughs> and not the lead producer, yeah. right? And I think that that's probably all of our great hope, and that means two very different things. Like, a lead producer means that you could be leading a team on, you know, uh, an art team or a, or a gameplay team or whatever, but the lead producer means that that game is very, very far away. And so, yeah, I mean... I'm sure you've got a lot to add there, but that that's my concern here. It's like, it's really dependent on what, (laughs) what that a means. So, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it is one thing. It is disappointing that the role has been open for a couple of months and they haven't been able to fill it. What that could tell you a a couple of things that maybe the dev team doesn't feel like they need it that badly. And so they haven't prioritized hiring, uh, this person or that they just want to get it right. Um, so I, I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that they're waiting and they need a leader to get started or progress. The other option is that, you know, obviously there could be a Japanese producer assigned to the game and Japan is saying, hey, guys, we, we need this guy back. We need him to work right. on another franchise. Please, you know, find somebody new for the role. So it, it's, it's easy to look at a job posting and try to want to create an entire story around it. But most of the time, it's, uh, it's, there, there isn't that big of a story. Yeah. Knock knock on wood, we haven't seen a retro game in a long time, so um, hopefully they're doing something.
0: Yeah, I do completely agree with Pear. I don't think it is cause for alarm. I think they're just trying to add another person to speed things up a little bit. (laughs) But um, in some other news that may... I mean, it's pretty disappointing, but Sports Story, the uh, sequel to 2017 Switch exclusive Golf Story was delayed and it was originally set to come out sometime this year in 2020. But mm-hmm. the developers, um, Sidebar Games, put out a little animation explaining why they are delaying it. And it seems to me that they want to do so much more than they originally set out to do. So they're delaying it in order to do that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's all. It'll be coming out sometime next year in 2021 instead. And lastly, there is another rumor. And this time it's for Zelda Skyward Sword for the Switch. And that appeared on the UK Amazon as a listing for pre-release and had a 2030 release date. It has since been taken down and it's no longer there. But people have been kind of guessing that maybe that's actually happening because next year is zelda's 35th anniversary mm-hmm. thoughts
1: um i wish that they would port a good zelda to the switch oh, that's it is
2: a good i
3: didn't zelda. say it i didn't say it
2: i said it for it's, you janet i knew yes. you were on
1: the same wavelength so you know it if you I went back you and went played out. it now <laughs> i think i <laughs> can tweet I, all I think your goods you could... to me so yeah <laughs> just for everything I, on that one yeah
2: it's better than you think it is like if you go back no, now and play it it is way better than you think it is. has one of the best story moments in all of Zelda gaming. I could uh, even stories. It has really creative puzzles. It just, it is, it has a more rhythm-based fighting system. And like, I've, I really don't like the art style. I know a lot of people like that kind of painterly watercolor look. I don't like it. I wish it looked more like... That's crazy because
1: like... I think the art style is like one of the best things that it's got going for it. Yeah. I love the way that that game looks. Yeah. Easter egg <laughs> okay. colors.
2: No, I it's love
1: like that. I love that look.
2: I like I like bold like I love it. I love it when it co- like think of like uh, uh you know, Team Eco, like Shadow of the Colossus, those games where they have this washed out look but they're not afraid to use really dark shadow shadows mm. and really like sun drenched um like the sun-drenched kind of vista look. And this this game just kind of looked pastel to me most of the time. There's some genuinely good-looking things, but like boot up Wind Waker and go into the... Look at the lava and the fire in Wind Waker and it just looks a hundred times better. Sure. Um,
1: right. I think it's like an interesting
2: like, <laughs> like Stop halfway it. point. Sorry, Casey. I think it's an interesting <laughs> halfway
1: point between Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. I think it's like if those two games artistically had a baby, the game, the baby game would be Skyward Sword in the way, in terms of the way that it looks. My my issue with Skyward Sword is like that that game has too many fetch quests there are too many times where it wants you to go you know back to an area that you've already been to and find you know a bunch of little seeds or a bunch of music notes or go back to this thing and do this again and it's like it just feels like it's padding you know if that game was 15 to 20 hours it would be i think a much better game but it's like 40 or 50 hours so yeah
2: yeah yeah maybe they Um, uh maybe they can tweak it a little bit like they tweaked wind wakers you know fetch quests and stuff mm
3: -hmm. I, i know we're about to move on but i just for me, my only thing with this was I, I basically skipped the Wii because I hated the, the little remote. I thought it was just not appealing to me as a controller. It's not a controller; it's a remote. Um, so I'm hoping this, if if nothing else, means like we'll get some more Wii ports because I am not a fan of like how much motion control is integrated. In and I know the Joy-Con are capable of doing the same, but I'm hoping the existence and prominence of the Pro Controller mean that we can see some tweaks. If it well, does come and.
1: Over. I- Yeah, I think that that's the thing about Skyward Sword is like it's so reliant on motion control that that, you know, you couldn't even play it without the uh, additional accessory, the Wii Motion Plus, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was, I I think that that's true. So like I have a hard time understanding how they would port it to the the Switch without removing that, which I don't know, like I didn't mind the motion control stuff. I thought some of it was Mm. very, very cool. But, um, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from on that Janet. you can you and can if I replicate could say one more thing about skyward or no, no sure. but you it's
2: can awesome. you you can sorry you can- you can replicate a lot of the aiming even with the pro controller pretty easily it's they wouldn't really have it? to redo the horizontal vertical slashing stuff I think uh-huh. you can actually do that because you can, you have that sort of control going back all the way to Ocarina of time, right, like if you hit right and slash, you'll do a horizontal slash and all that, mm-hmm. so i I hope they address it and don't speed up the combat, because I felt it was too slow, because you keep on waiting for the enemies. And... Yeah. I wish
1: you guys could see Pear's motion control uh, uh, demos right now. They're very good. <laughs> he's Man, really I, given us a... Yeah, he's really given us a preview. I just... Mm-hmm.
0: I, I thought the motion controls were just not great with Skyward Sword, and that's why I didn't yeah. like it very much. I just... That's the weird thing about that game. I just game got frustrated. I like
1: it's, yeah, I feel like it's such a dichotomous game. People either, like, really like the motion controls... Like myself mm-hmm. or like think that they suck and like that you know it's, it's really interesting that that game doesn't have sort of a, a common ground but what's up I janet think it's, i see I think you over it's there
3: telling i think it's telling that everyone has a different thing they dislike about the game that's all mm-hmm. i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah. but
0: we've talked extensively about skyward story yeah. before so i'm sure you can find a previous episode in which we have a whole 30 minute conversation about it and i'm sure we'll have another one if it comes out on the switch but i'm sure we just had then, a whole
1: 30 minute conversation about we did it right now, we
0: basically so. did on accident. I'm sorry, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. But uh, last piece of news for this week is that the Pokemon Players Cup video game finals are this weekend. And you can watch them on Pokemon's YouTube channel. The Pokemon World Championships was supposed to be last weekend in London. And this online competition is kind of replacing it for the year. Our very own Joshua Yell was actually supposed to participate in the TCG um version of the Pokemon World Championships this year, and he's going to have to wait until next year to go. It's all very disappointing. But uh, there is a benefit to watching even if you aren't into competitive Pokemon because they will be showing a code on the screen so you can redeem a battle-ready Porygon 2. And I know everyone at home must be asking, why Porygon 2? Why not Porygon Z? And the reason is that Porygon 2 is more viable as a competitive Pokemon instead of Porygon Z because of some items he can hold. But anyway, I won't get into that pokemon thank
1: you
0: uh we've already talked about out this week which is why we're not talking about that section right now so let's move on to games that we are playing i had a quick
1: question oh yeah yeah i had had a quick question um do you think that porygon z is actually pronounced porygons
0: no okay (laughs) but a good question zach i appreciate it thank (laughs) you but now on to games that we're playing zach tell us about the games Uh you're playing
1: Yeah, I I tweeted about this, but I got back into uh, Paper Mario uh, in a major way. I've been on a a road trip with my family for the last 12 days, which uh, I don't recommend. Not my game of the year. Oh, no. um, But uh, it did allow me because we spent so much time in the car because it's illegal to fly. um, (laughs) It did allow me to get back into Super Paper Mario or I'm sorry, Paper Mario and the Origami King. And uh, I've just finished the desert region, um, which uh, Pear gave me the heads up about uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's like, you know, have you gotten to the desert yet? I said, no. And he goes, okay. well, when you get there, you'll understand. And so, um, yeah, that game (laughs) uh that game is more zelda than i think a lot of recent zelda games have been it's really interesting there's like it's it uh i I mean okay i take that back because i'm not one of those people that's like breath of the wild isn't a zelda game because it totally is but um this game does a lot of old school zelda stuff that i really love there's a lot of great like um dungeon crawling there's a lot of great puzzle solving um and also you know like you guys spent a whole episode talking about paper mario last week so i won't dwell on it but man the writing is phenomenal it's you can't play it for more than five minutes without doing a, a good chuckle so yeah i'm really into that and um i also went back to uh, uh oh i finished carry on and i went back to castle or not castlevania <laughs> bloodstained uh, curse of the moon mm. 2 which uh, continues thing. to be an awesome 8-bit you know super 8-bit game so
2: you're, you're about to get to the Wind Waker part of Paper Mario. So keep playing. Yeah. What? Yeah.
1: I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. stoked about that. Uh, it's I, really I charming. Rode, I, it's really cute. I already rode a small boat to a big boat. So that was pretty exciting. But
2: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, Pear, what are you playing?
2: Uh, you know, as I said, I brought I, I mean, I have all these indies now queued up that I want to play in the next week. Um, but I went back to playing Donkey Kong Country. I, I always play yes. Picross 4 on the side. Um, but i went to back to dkc returns tropical freeze because i recovered my save and i had never finished it and uh i'm just like even even my uh my snarky angry kids like stopped and watched me play it because the game is just so beautiful like it runs Um, at 60 and it's just uh it's like the retro does such a good job pretending to be rare i really don't mean this negatively like they do such a good job like i replayed one of the stages i think second world where uh it looks like switzerland and everybody's like playing like these open horn instruments and the music yeah, it's is amazing yeah. the music is synced to the little puffs of air mm-hmm. coming out that propel you into the air it's just everything is so well tuned and tweaked but it is a mean game and it'll make you mad
1: like uh, it's a very difficult game <laughs> i think it's i think it's one of the best platformers in the last 10 years that game is phenomenal it's and
2: fantastic.
1: uh and, yeah and if 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 you're out there on the fence and you say that that it's not a very good game brian altano um <laughs> take a look at the game makers toolkit episode about um donkey Kong country tropical freeze uh he really goes into depth about like what makes that game stand out as a platformer what makes it feel different from a mario game it it's man that game is phenomenal
2: i'm really glad you're playing it pair which is like you gotta ask: Are they gonna re-release Donkey Kong Country Returns as well?
3: I don't know. Like I just we, hope they make know. a. I just want to see a new game in the franchise. I think at this point, because I I feel like a lot yeah, of this me stuff. Too. Has been like I remember playing Returns on like the 3DS or like, yeah, Returns yeah. 3D or yeah. whatever that game was, which was on, another awesome game. Um, so yeah, I just want to see more from them. But yeah, it's a great game.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they released it on three platforms. But like, you know, as they're scraping for more games to release on Switch, while they're trying to make new ones, this is it like the, would be a good it's choice.
3: like Nintendo's year is like the equivalent of when you don't want to go grocery shopping and you're like, what can I just throw together? It just, it just, it's saltines <laughs> yeah. and it's like a, a bag of chips. It's a lot. It's a lot.
0: So, Jenna, what games are you playing?
3: Yeah, I'm still playing Ring Fit Adventure. I finally jumped back in. I'm on day at a 70 of my adventure and ring fit adventure i'm on i'm level 100 i forgot what world i'm in um so that's always a grind um i'm also playing eagle island which is uh, an indie game that came out on switch last year uh tom actually talked about it when it came out um it's fun it's a platformer it's um has a bit of like a rogue element in the sense that you kind of have these levels you go through and then you have to rerun them if you don't like beat the boss in that section but that's per section so I find it a lot more um forgiving in that sense like what I what I don't like about usually that game is you have to run it the whole way and I'm like that's just too much stress for me um <laughs> and you have like a little uh, a little bird friend that you can throw and you get different ones and you get different Ooh, abilities through that. I love a uh, bird friend. And it looks really it looks really pretty. Uh and it's just it's very snappy. So uh that's a game I've had on my Switch for a really long time, and I just never beat it. So I'm trying to beat that. And then the games I mentioned before, of course, um, from the indie showcase. I'm gonna play through at least uh at least Evergate and uh Takashi and Hiroshi. Cool. Ooh.
0: And lastly, it is time for question block and I wanted to ask one question from George Flores and they asked, they sent us this email through NBC at IGN.com, which you can do too. And he asks, how does the IGN staff discover new fun party slash couch games that are not mainstream? Obviously not every third party game is reviewed, but how do you find those hidden gems? One hidden gem game I found on switch by chance by looking at Reddit is ultimate chicken horse. I would love to discover mm-hmm. more fun, non-mainstream party games. So how do you guys find these games that George is looking for?
2: From, honestly, my, my kids discover mm. a bunch of games, and I think they discover it through YouTubers or, you know, through Steam reviews, something like that. A lot of stuff starts with Steam and then comes over to consoles, obviously, on the indie side. And then uh, I got my fourth child is Tom Marks. <laughs> and Your you know every son. time i'm on every time i'm on nvc with tom tom goes i have cool. this most delightful game and you know
0: yeah it's a yeah, lovely game th- it's just I tom we learned it's from tom,
3: tom. yeah
2: I, I
0: think
3: beyond that um for me the, the sorry if i think i cut someone off it's um i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep going through it um yeah, it's fine i'm already here uh i think for me it's been yes definitely Following smaller YouTubers, especially because a lot of people will do interesting zags. I used to follow this channel that did like five dollar switch games, and they just kind of looked at what was there. And some of them were party games, some of them were, you know, just other games. And then I also think just finding indie developers that you like and following them on twitter and looking at their other projects so just like a quick shout out to uh this one uh video game developer and artist uh gabby darienzo darienzo not sure if i'm saying her last name right she did the um the art on graceful explosion machine she did super crush ko she did a mortician's tale like those are three games that i played and liked and we're all different. And she did Celeste's art as well. So um, for for me, I'm just like, I, I take that and I'm like, all right, let me look at her other games because I like that art style and I tend to like the people she teams up with and what they produce. And that's another way to follow and find stuff. Um, sometimes you also see like developers are very supportive of each other. So they might retweet or share other projects that I wouldn't have been aware of otherwise. And, and that'd be the main way that I go about finding games.
0: And, I also,
1: um...
3: yes, Zach. <laughs>
1: Uh, I was just gonna make a stupid joke, so uh, please continue.
0: <laughs> no, I was uh. just gonna say I actually find a lot of smaller co-op games just by making sure to download every game that comes with the PS Plus subscription. I know that doesn't come with Nintendo, but I uh, let's see. There was a, two, a co-op Tomb Raider game that came out, uh, Magica. I wouldn't have played Rocket League if it weren't for that. So I've I played a lot of smaller co-op games that have been free on PS Plus that I wouldn't have known existed otherwise. And I also really like co-op games and there's this website called cooptimus dot com that and like their entire deal is just to cover co op games. So you can search for a co op game based on certain parameters and it should help you find some new stuff. But yeah. Zach, what was your dumb joke? I want to know.
1: Oh, I was just (laughs) I was just going to say, um, I don't look for co-op games because I don't play co-op games. I only play single-player games. So it's a simple answer. Yeah.
0: Very sad. but Is that anyway? sad? <laughs> No, you can what play kind of single-player games all you want.
3: Zach's a strong, independent gamer and doesn't need that's anyone right. to play games with.
1: Exactly. That's right. That's <laughs> right.
0: And we present that sentiment to everyone out there. And with that, that is about all we have for this week's NVC. To submit your own questions, write to us at nvc at ign.com or respond to our weekly question blog post on Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on (laughs) Facebook. You can catch NVC every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time on your favorite podcasting platform or ign.com or youtube.com. And remember, NVC is the only place that you can. Get
1: Get the thing. Get it. Get
0: the thing.